lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Thanks for joining us here today. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. Todd Erzin has the day off. Aaron McIntyre is here. Our good friend Bob Vanderplotz will be joining us here in just a matter of moments with a ton going on. 888-900-3393 is the number. Keep that number handy. It is our Monday Town Hall. We'll tell you the topic in a moment. That's coming up in the next hour of the show. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email us if you'd like to do that. You may also try, emphasis on try, liking us on Facebook, where we apparently are shadow banned for Evs. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And if you're looking for samples of this program that you can share, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And for all of that, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. If you're audio only, so you don't have our trusty graphics package and you're wondering, hey, how do I spell that name? It's D-E-A-C-E. I mentioned our Monday town hall, which is going to be a part of the overall conversation we're going to have today. We're going to take a deep dive on where this presidential race, both with the Democratic primary, but also with the general, where it sits heading into tomorrow and Super Tuesday. A lot of the events that ultimately will culminate here with the first Tuesday in November are going to be set into motion over these next 24 to 48 hours. In fact, you're beginning to see some of the dominoes fall already. So we're going to spend a good deal of time talking about that today from a worldview standpoint. Next segment, I'm going to kind of address conservatives corporately here on the show. Because one of the things I'm seeing, including from some people whose opinions I hold in high esteem and have a lot of respect for, are in a panic over Bernie Sanders being the Democratic Party nominee. And this may not shock any of you. I have the completely opposite view. I, I, and I don't try to just be the contrarian all the time. It just unfortunately seems to work out that way. I, I'm, I'm a di- I was a difficult child. All right. But I'm, I'm going to make the case why you, you beyond, the, you know, electability concerns from a worldview standpoint, it's exactly what the country needs. And it's what we as conservatives should want. And we should want it in this timing. And I'm going to talk about that coming up here in the next uh, segment of the program. Next hour, we then will turn it over to you with our Monday town hall. Biden or Bernie, whom and why would you prefer to be Donald Trump's challenger in the general election? Because we may go a long way towards determining who that's going to be here in the next 24 hours. And we'll open up the phone lines and give you a shot at that one at 888-900-3393 when we hear from you, the people. But before we do all of that, we first have to hear from Aaron with his rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away? Brought to you by Uncle Joe's Big Day. Joe Biden won the South Carolina primary this weekend. This marks Biden's first win in a presidential primary in his career. Biden nearly doubled up all his competition, racking in 48.4% of the votes to Bernie Sanders' 19.9%. Tom Steyer came in third at 11.3%, and Pete Buttigieg was in fourth at 8.2%. Biden talked with Chris Wallace about how he's looking forward to debating President Trump. I want people to see me standing next to him and him standing next to me. <laughs> we'll see who's sleepy. <laughs> Mr. Vice President, thank you. Thanks for your time. Please come back in less than 13 years, sir. 
All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. The delegate count through the early states still has Bernie Sanders on top at 58, followed closely by Joe Biden at 50 and Pete Buttigieg at 26. Nobody else is in double digits. But all that should change tomorrow as Super Tuesday looms. Two candidates who will not be relevant tomorrow are Tom Steyer and Pete Buttigieg, who dropped out over the weekend after their recent poor showings. With Buttigieg dropping out, that makes Joe Biden the youngest male candidate still in the Democratic race at 77 years old. In other news, a coronavirus update. The media was aghast this weekend after Trump made this remark at a rally of his. Now the Democrats are politicizing the coronavirus. You know that, right? Coronavirus. They tried the impeachment hoax. That was on a perfect conversation. They tried anything. They tried it over and over. They've been doing it since you got in. It's all turning. They lost. It's all turning. Think of it. Think of it. And this is their new hoax. Of course, the media took that to mean he was calling coronavirus a hoax and everything went to pot after that. The stock market had one of its worst weeks in history last week as continued fears over the coronavirus sent trading into a freefall on numerous occasions. The Dow Jones had its worst week since early 2008 and the S&P 500 lost more than 11 percent. As of Monday morning, there were 89,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus and 3,000 confirmed deaths. In Seattle, the first two people in the United States have died of the novel virus. Those people, like the vast majority of others who have succumbed to it globally, had underlying medical conditions. According to the Associated Press, a member of the council advising Iran's Ayatollah has died after contracting the virus. The U.S. and the Taliban have agreed to a deal to end the 18-year war in Afghanistan. The deal stipulates that the U.S. and NATO will remove all troops within 14 months if militants hold up their end of the deal. And now moving on to deep thoughts on religious liberty with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And I am tired of communities of being of faith being weaponized and being mischaracterized because the only time religious freedom is invoked is in the name of bigotry and discrimination. I'm tired of it. Daily Beast headline, How do we know Jesus had male genitalia? Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, How do we know Jesus wasn't a Muslim, atheist, vegan, pansexual lizard person? ¿Cómo sabemos que Jesús no era una lagartija pansexual, vegana, atea, musulmana? A sign recently spotted at the University of Liverpool states genital preferences are transphobic. And finally, SNL does Bernie Sanders. No Purell. I got a bottle of that junk and on the label, it says it kills 99.99% of germs. What happens to the top 0.01%? Just use good old fashioned bar soap and scalding hot water. Now, I might get in trouble for saying this. But you know who was great at washing his hands? Joseph Stalin. And that's what happened while we were away. So let's get to it. A lot to break down there heading into Super Tuesday. Let's welcome in our good friend, Bob Vanderplatz is here with us uh, from The Family Leader. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? Good to be with you. So I I have a couple of follow-ups to what Aaron discussed on where things stand in the Democratic race. And I want to share those with you in the audience, then I'll get your take. I think we've learned the last couple of cycles, South Carolina does not like Bernie Sanders. Hillary Clinton beat him like 76 to 24 
head-to-head back in 2016. Uh, if you look ahead to Super Tuesday now, which is now 24 hours away, it could simply come down to demographics with Biden running strong in states with high black voter turnout and Bernie running strong in states with high Hispanic turnout. When you look at Bernie Sanders' base, it's millennials and Hispanics, and that's the future of the Democratic Party, really. That's that's his base. That's why it's a it's a precarious position for superdelegates who won't have a say until the second or third vote in Milwaukee uh, for them to be out there in the New York times and other places laying a marker down. We're going to stop him. He is, he is the future of their base. I mean, millennials and Hispanics are the democratic base moving forward. But, and so if you look ahead to the States on tapped here tomorrow, that would mean for Bernie, California, Texas, Colorado and Utah, which all have high Hispanic voting populations. And then you throw in his native New England states, Maine, Vermont, maybe even Massachusetts, where the polling between him and Elizabeth Warren there is pretty neck and neck. For Biden, you're talking about North Carolina, Tennessee, and Alabama. However, there is a there is a university poll out of North Carolina today that has Bernie over 30% in the state. Um, and and and, way, and clearly in first place. And, and I'm going to talk more about the polling today here in just a moment. And then if you look at states tomorrow that have kind of equally strong black and Hispanic turnouts, that would be Virginia, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. If that projection is up on the screen right now for Bernie, if that if that is what happens, he's going to be the nominee. I mean, if that that's a national sweeping win for him. Mm-hmm. If he wins those states and confines Biden to essentially a forgetful version of George Wallace, where he can only win in the South while forgetting his name and where he's at, Biden is a is a regional candidate. And there's more evidence for him being a regional candidate that I'll get to here in a second. One more though, uh, let's talk about the news that happened yesterday. So Pete Buttigieg was was on Meet the Press defiantly saying, We're staying in the race, we're going all the way to Milwaukee, and a scant few hours later he dropped out. Okay, and now I don't believe now the theory is this is to try to boost Biden for tomorrow. I think the odds of this being a massive boost, I'm sure it'll be maybe something, but the odds of this being a massive boost are not high for three reasons. Number one, the amount of Democrats who vote early is high. Okay, which means a lot of these votes are already cast for tomorrow. Number two, it's just a one day news cycle. Yesterday was a Sunday. Not even leftists are paying attention, much, watching much of the news on a Sunday. Okay, now they're not going to church, but they're not watching much of the news. And they and remember, we keep seeing in all these exit polls, 75, 85% of Democrats voting in these in these states are not getting their news from quick draw, quick change platforms like Twitter. All right. So you only have one day for this news to filter down because you know Pete's campaign after he was on Meet the Press Monday morning sent an email out to everybody saying, hey, watch me on Meet the Press. I'm not dropping out. I'm in it all the way. And then by dinner time, okay, I'm dropping out. That, that You're asking a lot of people on a day that the news cycle is dead to be paying a lot of attention. A lot of people are just now beginning to get this news right now as we speak here uh, this morning. And then the third reason is the states where Biden is the strongest tomorrow, Pete Buttigieg is irrelevant. He was irrelevant. He's irrelevant. He's irrelevant in Alabama, irrelevant in Oklahoma, irrelevant in North Carolina. Um, So for those three reasons, I don't believe this is going to be a massive boost for Joe Biden tomorrow. Now, he may get a massive boost after the kind of win he had in South Carolina. That may happen. But I think that will largely be self-generated if it occurs. And then one other thing I want to mention, Bob, the public polling today 
is all good news for Bernie Sanders. All of it is. And one of the things I've always talked to our audience about, because, you know, having worked on the inside of this process, I try to educate our audience on how the process really works, because most of what they're taught, even from Fox News, is, is a lie, uh, because the whole point of media is to, is, one of the whole points is to convince conservatives that they have no power, nobody thinks like them, and and to not, and to not give you any information that may cause you to affirmatively energize or engage. All right. But when you look at the way public polling works, they're always lagging indicators. Public polling is always a day or two behind what the numbers that the insiders have. The, par- the, the parties always have the numbers before we do. The candidates. Yeah, and the candidates do as well. And if you look at the amount of money that these Democratic candidates have all raised, they're not lacking for data, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think what happened here, and this is just a theory, I think what happened here is Pete Buttigieg fully did intend to stay in this race. And then, then some insiders in the Democratic Party got a hold of these the numbers that are now hitting the public airwaves today, and and went oh bleep, we are we are four effed tomorrow. Okay, it was, we got this is a this is a hail mary pass. And somebody made a few phone calls and said to Pete, "You want to get out of South Bend? What do you think about being a running mate? What do you think about for a Joe Biden?" Um, which would be fascinating to see the guy who's got the strongest black support put a gay guy on the ticket with him, which the black community does not want to vote for. But how about now being the party chair? Yeah, that could be it. What do you think about being governor of Indiana, senator of Indiana? We'll fully go behind you, make you the next Evan Bayh, mm-hmm. right? Some phone calls were made that caused him. We got to get you out. We're, this is this is not a great strategy. This is this is to me is reactionary. They are reacting to these numbers. It's let me give you an, an, an analogy that will be against my own experience. This is naming um, Carly Fiorina your running mate. I was there for that. Okay. Yeah, I know you were. Um, I was too, just not in person. <laughs> I was in Indiana. But uh, that's kind of what this is. You're sure. You, then you know that you, the trend line's going against you, and you're trying to come up with something to shift a paradigm. And sometimes you can do that. Yeah. But most of the time, when you're in reactionary mode, you cannot. And I think that's what this is. This is they they saw these numbers before they're starting to hit the airwaves now, and they're dropping deuces over there at the Democratic Party intelligentsia, and so they're 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 attempting to throw a Hail Mary pass here. That's why I think you saw Pete Buttigieg make the about face that he made here on yesterday. So your reaction to all of that, and you may have the floor and take as much time as you'd like. Well, first of all, that's like drinking from a fire hose. But let's start out with Pete Buttigieg. Uh, first of all, it shouldn't surprise anybody, least of which you or your audience, that Pete Buttigieg went on Meet the Press saying, I'm all in to Milwaukee, and only hours later saying, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a great run. I mean, he did something that, uh, quite frankly, is remarkable. Made but, a campaign out of trolling Christianity. Sure. But, but yeah. at the same time, the guy that trolls Christianity, that cherry-picks scripture, we're surprised that he'd go on a show and say, I'm all in, and then a few hours later say, I'm out. Right. That, that shouldn't surprise anybody. But I think what Buttigieg decided was, I do not want to be finger-pointed as the candidate who stayed in long enough to make sure Bernie was the nominee. He's looking at his future. And he knows that there's some great consternation with Bernie Sanders being the champion and a nominee of that party. I don't think uh, Buttigieg is broke. I think he still has money. No doubt he's. And I think the reason he's got that money, he wants to bank that right now to keep options open, keep options open, either help out a presidential candidate so he looks like a team player or maybe run for Senate, which he could transfer those funds very easy in a federal account to say now he's running for Senate. And Buttigieg, I think, also took a look at the what you just showed, the map. He took a look at it and said, there's no way. Uh, there's no way I can win here. But that's been true 
for weeks. But he won in Iowa. He placed at least in New Hampshire. He got embarrassed in South Carolina. He doesn't want to have a string of embarrassments right now. Agreed. Now, that being said, how much does that help out Biden? Buttigieg is still on that ballot. Right. And a lot of people voting, even if they didn't early vote, a lot of people still voting. Uh, either they don't know he dropped out or kind of like, heck, I'm with him. I'm still voting Buttigieg. I'm going to send a message to the party. So does that help out Biden? I don't think it does. Biden. Uh, I think I talked to you, not that I don't know if it was on air or on phone, but of saying, hey, if, if Biden wins by five, a win is still a win. Because I was thinking he was going to you know, probably just kind of eke this out because he has underperformed at every level. Mm-hmm. Winning by 30 was what his campaign needed. Now, is it enough to pole vault him into Super Tuesday and all of a sudden he has this massive victory on Super Tuesday? I don't believe that's the case. But I do think it presents a huge obstacle for Bloomberg. Because now does Bloomberg say, hey, I put a half a billion into this thing. I'm not walking away home. All of a sudden, Bloomberg saying— And he, he doesn't care with the Democratic intelligentsia. He was, he's been a Republican sure. for 30 years. He has no—he's a mercenary yeah. with money. He doesn't care about— But, but his, his whole deal was— yeah. If, if Biden can't carry the football across uh, right. the, 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 right. the goal line, then I'm going to do it because we don't want Sanders being the nominee. By him staying in, he's basically being, all right, Sanders is going to be our nominee. I think Elizabeth Warren, Klobuchar, the writing's on the wall. I think tomorrow night is going to be an interesting night. I happen to agree with the map you put up there on Twitter, and I think it's going to be a big night for Bernie Sanders. I believe this momentum that Joe Biden created one night in South Carolina is going to be short-lived. In basketball analogy, okay, you beat Duke, but you're still 14 and 18. Meaning, and I tweeted, I said, you know, before everybody gets too excited about Biden, put in the clutch. This is the first time he met expectations in this entire race. Matter of fact, there's an entire four races for president. You ever heard a story about a, a career politician that um, people thought uh, had 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 kind of what was washed up and his best days were behind him and his candidacy looked like it kind of had imploded and he bounced back um, and and really uh, South Carolina was had, was a firewall that he had to win. You're not talking John McCain. And uh, no, actually, I'm going far more recent than that. <laughs> and and even though he had won nothing. Despite all of his name ID and his resume, he had won nothing up to this point and wasn't even a a top finisher at anything up to this point. Um, Spontaneously gets a massive victory in South Carolina, over 40 percent of the popular vote, uh, well over a quarter of a million uh, votes, uh, ends up getting claiming 80 percent of the state's delegates. Does this sound familiar? Because it sounds an awful lot like what just happened to Joe Biden, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, it was that was a campaign I was on back in 2012. That was Newt that was New Gingrich in South Carolina. Sure. In fact, without even knowing this, while we were talking, I just was. If you saw me looking, yep. this is what I was looking up. I'm like, I wonder, I wonder if this is reminiscent of Newt 41 percent, like a 20 point win over Mitt yeah. Romney. Newt 20 of the 25 delegates. Newt 243 thousand votes. Joe Biden. 256,000 votes. Okay, I mean, the, the, this is absolutely uncanny when you start running this down, all right? Um, and and just to, hey, South Carolina, large, that was the big thing, large evangelical state, you know, and Romney, LDS, they didn't want to vote for him down there. That was the big thing in 2012, sure. right? Uh, Bernie Sanders, this is a military state. They don't want to vote for a guy who praises fiddle cat, right, right? Yep. So, I mean, this is uncanny when you run down 
the 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 win that we on the Gingrich campaign and and we were all convinced too this is going to turn the whole thing around the dif- and it did not the big difference <laughs> though between Newt and Bernie is seismic Newt was still Newt Newt was a great debater Newt sure. was a great order and that's Newt, why we turned it around Newt he was, dominated the debate against Newt, Mitt Romney Newt was right. a great campaigner Bernie is not anyone or uh, excuse me Biden, uh, Biden yeah. is not any one of those things matter of fact I don't know if you saw an Aaron's montage but I picked it up. Chris Wallace, did you see how he thanked Chris about coming back on Fox after 13 years? Yeah. Chuck. He called him Chuck, not Chris. Right. You know, he doesn't always run for president or U.S. Senate. I think these are all huge issues for the Biden's campaign. So let's say tomorrow goes well for Bernie Sanders on, on, on some level. All right. What happens next? Uh, I do think a Buttigieg dropping out could help a Biden going forward. The, well, let me say this. The more consolidation in general, the more it helps the candidate who's the alternative to, to Bernie Sanders, right? The question, though, becomes what kind of a lead does he come out with tomorrow night? And, okay, you deny him his 1,900 delegates and you go to Milwaukee. I, I think the fact that they're openly, these the superdelegates who's, Power in prominence in this process has been severely diminished. I, I still get emails from people, and I get it because for you know for decades this is how the Democratic Party operated. Mm-hmm. But after it did this to Bernie Sanders four years ago, it changed the rules. The, these superdelegates will not have a say in this process till at least the second ballot in Milwaukee, and that convention hall is going to be filled with Hispanics and millennials, and there's going to be a lot more of them than there's going to be white suburbanites that are part of the woke. You know, the white woke brigade, there's going to be a lot more of Bernie's base in those in those uh, sitting in on that convention floor. I think the fact that they're openly claiming they're going to do this is another desperation play like they're they're trying to get the system. Don't. Hey, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me. When, do, do I have to do I have to pull over? Right. That kind of a thing. I think I think these are threats they prefer as a as to not have to follow through on because the collateral damage here. It's one thing if it, this isn't Trump bringing in a bunch of old white r- rural voters into your party who aren't traditional Republicans. Right. You can think about screwing him over because most of the people that a lot of people that are voting for him in these states weren't voting for you already anyway. Sure. Right. This is their base. The future of their party are these Hispanics and these millennials. If you try to knife him, that's like that has like 10 year repercussions because his base, those two demos are the ones that are growing in their party. Not all the not the demographic that Joe Biden represents. So what are your what, what are your thoughts about how where this goes from Tuesday and beyond? Well, well, a couple of thoughts. One is by reading President Trump's tweets. Uh, he, he's seeing this. And he's playing the card you just laid out. Mm-hmm. They're going to steal the nomination from Bernie again. Basically saying, I want to make that party so upset that there's no way they're going to vote for a Joe Biden or a Mike Bloomberg or whoever it might be because they're going to steal the nomination from Bernie again. But if we're going to continue the idea on reminiscing where you went back to Newt, let's reminisce back to 2016. There was a lot of conversation. People need to get out of the race. We yeah. need to coalesce around the Cruz and Rubio campaigns actually had conversations. Yeah, we, we, we right. need to coalesce. We need to get rid of John Kasich. We need to get rid of Mike Huckabee, of Rick Santorum, Scott Walker, Bobby Jindal, you name it, so we can coalesce and beat Trump. 
when Trump be, went to be the the nominee in Cleveland, there was still a deal about let's not give it to him. At Mike the Lee was on the floor of the Senate or on uh, the floor of the convention, right? Uh, Ken Cuccinelli, who now works for yeah. the Trump administration, was leading the charge yeah. of saying we will not let Trump be the nominee of our party. And if you recall, the guy we supported, Ted Cruz, went up and gave a convention speech where he got booed at the end. Trump comes in. It's what it is. Is all of a sudden Bernie's going to become the nominee of their party, the the de facto nominee. And his base, as you said, millennials and Hispanics, they're going to fill up that delegate hall. And if the superdelegates come in like, hey, the adults just came in the room. And by the way, Bernie's not our guy. And most of them are old and white. And I'm telling you what, that place will blow up. I mean, it might be worthwhile for us to scalp a ticket to be a Democrat in a convention. I don't want to be anywhere near that blast radius. Because it is going to be powerful. That building, I want to know. How strong are yeah. is its foundation? They will There's burn no, that building to the ground. Yeah, I, I do not believe that that can happen. Matter of fact, I even think by them coming out public, whether it be the New York Times or Washington Post, of saying we will stop Bernie Sanders, that is a mistake for them as party leaders, right, right away. Because you know, here's because here's the thing: Bernie's people are like, you know what? We were already taking the delegate precinct process seriously. But if you're going to now lay that marker down publicly in, in, in our party's newspaper of records, we're going to be way ahead of everybody else on this. I mean, I mean, where, where do you think the Tom Steyers and Amy Klobuchar's were on, on precinct delegate allocation? <laughs> Answer, nowhere. Yeah. So that when they all drop out, their, their popular votes may go somewhere, but those delegates on the floor in Milwaukee, who is who, which of these campaigns... Do you think is just based on your extensive experience, which of these campaigns do you think is probably way ahead of all the others in organizing well, at the precinct level? Is. And it's Bernie Sanders. Because you know what? This yep. is going to be his this is going to be his party. I mean, whether they want it to be or not, this is going to be Bernie's party and he's out organizing them. If you hear Bernie, even uh, after the South Carolina defeat, saying we are building a movement and they know they cannot stop us. I think he knows exactly what you're telling your audience right now by the intel we're receiving. This is a movement that is that is going to happen. So you might as well come to grips with it. And I think that's why people are like, I can, where's the combative Bernie? All these stories. He's not. He doesn't have to. He's it. He's got he's got. He's got the numbers, he, yep. he, and he knows this. He doesn't have to waste time arguing with un, uh, unnamed sources and anonymous sources. That's why he sticks to his script. That's why he double. That's why he's, he's far more willing to talk Fidel Castro <laughs> and, 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 and posthumously yeah. than he is super delegates because he knows that ultimately no one's going to out Soviet him. In, the, yeah. in this process. And instead of trying to knife Joe Biden on his win, he congratulated Joe Biden right. on his win. Why? Because he knows he's going to need that base if he wants to be president of the United States. So we got about three minutes left here. A parting shot on what, if anything, Pete Buttigieg's campaign taught us going forward in America. You know, I, I, I think what it taught us, number one, is that this guy has been preparing to be president for a long time. And he tried to lay out all the cards, including the military. Uh, I even believe the whole woke card is about how can I be president one day? I think him getting out early, how can I be president one day? It's all about how can I be president one day? Uh, the other thing he did is he really made shows like your most relevant. 
meaning you better know why you believe what you believe to be really, really true. Otherwise, you're going to get a guy like Pete Buttigieg coming along who's going to troll the scriptures, troll Christianity, and cherry pick God's word, and then come across as a really nice guy who happens to be very articulate. And you're going to say, you know what, I agree and I believe with him. Why wouldn't I go with him? You and I talked about early in the caucus process in the New Hampshire primary. And remember, there's even video of some of that where people went to go caucus for him or to go primary for him who didn't realize he was married to another dude. Mm-hmm. And then when they found that out, they said, you know, that's a bridge too far. I can't go there. So and he also had and you talked about this a lot. He had a natural constituency that he built off of. I mean, he knew I can grab this natural con- constitu- constituency, the LGBTQ uh, lane, and now let's build off of that. It launched him into a national conversation. So is Pete Buttigieg going to be a player in the Democrat Party long term? I believe he is. Does that mean it's gonna, he's going to be president? I'm not sure, but they're definitely going to look to him for a lot of things. I think what it showed is ultimately one of the main and most powerful forces in American politics is white guilt. That's what I think. Mm. And I think that a lot of this, people thought it kind of died out, you know, in the 80s, uh, coming out of the civil rights movement. Um, And I think you're learning that this is a far more, a a far more systemic and potent strain, actually. And it's the, it, it is, it's the need and desire to vote to show I'm not like I'm not like the other people that I look like that that I am stereotyped as because I you can't you can't debate that you can't persuade that when when someone has personalized their the identity of their politic at their politics at such a an endemic level of of their identity that their need to vote is not um based off of the application and result of their beliefs, but to, 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 to redeem themselves, to, to make themselves a better person. I, I don't know how you, how you defeat that in an argument. 10 seconds. I'll give well, you the last I, I think one is, you know, the white guilt, but I think the other thing is, is something new. I want to have the first woman. I want to have the first black guy. I want to have the first gay guy. I think that's all driven by that the white guilt. guilt. Hey man, thank you thank for coming you. in. We're coming back. Talk more about Bernie Sanders here in a moment and why it's time to have this conversation with the country next. All right, quick reality check here. How's that New Year's resolution going? Yeah, I thought so. Don't worry, you're not alone. Most people fail at those as well, particularly when it comes to the most popular of them all, uh, to eat right and lose weight. Why? Because dieting alone after years of not eating right and gaining weight can be very difficult. Working out can help, but it, it probably helps more often with your overall health profile than just as a weight loss, weight loss mechanism because you can't out-train a bad diet. That's where Riduzone comes in. It's the only FDA accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster and burns stored fat while reducing your calorie intake. 
And you can only get Riduzone on its website, Riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for Riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. And if you want to go there right now and use my name, Steve, as the promo code, you can save up to 65% off right now at Riduzone.com. That's a massive saving, 65% off. They'll even throw in free shipping too, all right? So free shipping and up to 65% off today at Riduzone.com with the promo code Steve, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. D-U-Z-O-N-E for Riduzone.com, promo code Steve. Aaron, I want to get to give you a shot to uh, respond to what Bob and I were just breaking down before I shut down all electability, poll, and process talk for the next few minutes. Sure. So what I'll, I'll say a little bit about what we talked about during the break. And I, as far as stopping Bernie Sanders, if, if this is a if this is a real effort that we're seeing here, I, I'm I'm a little less certain that they won't try to stop him on the floor of the convention um, than I think you are. Uh, But at this point, I'm, you know, at this point, it's just this, you know, these people are just terrible people doing terrible things to other terrible people terribly. And that's kind of that's kind of the main base base uh, baseline from which I'm working. But if this truly is an effort to stop Bernie Sanders from securing the nomination, you know, um, the case that I made, you know, that I laid out to you, uh, which involves levels of four-dimensional chess, is basically if you're a superdelegate, if you're a person of power within the DNC, and you view your voters, your voting bloc as chattel, as useful idiots, um, and you also see you want everything that Bernie wants, but uh, you see that he probably can't win, why wouldn't you just screw him here and then wait for a better candidate to elect him later? And, of course, as I said, that that you know that uh, takes all sorts of four-dimensional chess but going back to the the larger race here whatever happens i keep coming back to this whatever happens we are truly going to see i i believe one way or the other whether or not they actually successfully stop him or not we are going to see whether and how much how much the democratic party is like the Republican Party in how much they circle the wagons for whoever whoever the nominee is, or who, um, or or how much they actually try to or risk ripping apart their party. Because with Republicans, yes, there was the effort on the floor. I I don't think you know on the floor of the convention back in 2016. I I don't think that that is going to um, be much resemblance to what we see in Milwaukee if there is an effort. Because I think Democrats, the way they rule, is if if they're going to do something, they're going to go all the way. They're going to go full full uh, full measure, Mike Armentrout, and they're going to try to steal it. Uh, but I I think I don't know. We're going to see we're going to see whether or not this party, this Democratic Party, can exist long term, one way or the other. I think that's just a long winded way of seeing of saying we're going to see some sort of drama in Milwaukee, um, one way or the other, whether or not Bernie Sanders secures it before or at the, uh, at the, uh, at the convention. So let's, let's talk. And, and I, the, I didn't even realize it. I said it last segment, but I mean, the parallels, just even, even the actual numbers between Newt Gingrich in South Carolina and Joe Biden, uh, over the weekend. Wow. Uh, but Let's, we're going to get, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into more of this next hour when we open up the phone lines. I want to table this conversation now. Okay. I want to set aside all arguments about electability and polling and, and the process. And I want to spend this segment having a worldview conversation. One of the things I am perplexed by 
is the amount of people, including a people whose opinions I respect and hold in high esteem. And I've heard, I've heard Ben Shapiro talk about this. Um, and Ben's even admitted online that, you know, one of the reasons he's having a hard time objectively analyzing the democratic race is his disdain for the, the, the possibility of, of, Bernie Sanders is the nominee and that's a stand-up thing to do. Most people won't admit their biases or admit uh, their handicaps. So if you follow Ben's career, I'm sure that doesn't surprise too many people that uh, he's a stand-up guy where that's concerned. I, I get that it is that it's a sad day when an open communist and an, an actual Soviet is a major party's nominee for president. It's sad, but I, I don't think it's, it's bad for the country at all. I don't. We are, we are, we have been headed towards this conversation all of my life. And, and I'm going to turn 47 years old in July. We have certainly been headed towards this conversation all of Aaron's life. And you're what now, 27? That's correct. Yeah. So we have been forced on the right as conservatives. We have often been forced to have this conversation and debate in ways that has made us sound like prophets of doom. Woe and lamentation, if you will, that, hey, this is the slippery slope. If we give in on Medicare Part D, we'll be doing single payer. If we give in on blank, we'll be doing blank. They have been permitted on the left to introduce what Bernie Sanders represents in a plausible, piecemeal fashion. Oh, man, yeah. just asking questions. Yeah, I don't know, it just kind of seems like a single mom ought to be, who's working two jobs, doesn't it seem like she ought to be able to get her kids some health care? I mean, I, right? They, yep. they, have, they have never, ever been forced or prompted to whole cloth, without a filter, give the American people an unvarnished presentation of what they want, of what of what their ultimate end game is here. What does it look like when when we finish Antonio Gramsci's long march through the institutions? When we we cross across, when we when we head across the finish line and break the tape, what's it what's it look like? Obama came close. He ran openly on a government takeover of healthcare, for example. Obama came close. But he was also a magnetic personality. And as I was just discussing with Bob Vanderplatz, the the impulse to say, hey, I voted for the first black president. See, I'm not a racist. Yep. When when my vote is 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 an act of redemption. That's idolatry, by the way. Like I'm not voting on a particular set of principles, issues, values, but the the idea that because I voted this way, I am absolved of my sins. I've 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 given I've generated self absolution. I've made penance. That's that's idolatry. That's what prompted a lot of people to vote for Barack Obama without really looking at what he was about, who he was for, what he was for who his pastor Jeremiah Wright was. 
And that's the same thing that drove Pete Buttigieg in this race. Bernie Sanders is going to offer no such fig leaf. No one is going to be given permission on the first Tuesday in November to say, yeah, I don't really agree with a lot of his stuff, but I think it's time, you know, it's time that we had the first Soviet president. No one's going to say that. No one is getting warm fuzzies about whatever amount of self-inflicted white guilt you believe you need absolution from that voting for Bernie Sanders provides you. No, he's, he's only giving you the vapors, no warm fuzzies. And it's like a Vips, it's like a Vicks vapo rub kind of vapor. Strong medicine. And there's no spoonfuls of sugar in the presentation that helps the medicine to go down. You're just drinking Everclear. Not like we did in college, man. Aaron was homeschooled. He doesn't know about any. And went to, then he went to a, like basically a seminary. So he doesn't know about any of this stuff. You're only taking like the 100 proof Everclear and injecting it into the watermelon and then just eating fruit at your, at your party. That's how we did it. Okay. Sounds lit. Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what a Barack Obama is. It's the 100 proof Everclear, but it's injected into the peaches, into the, into the apples, into the watermelon, into the cantaloupe. That's the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine to go down. Bernie Sanders is just going to be spraying Everclear like buckshot as the Democratic nominee. 100 proof. Got a preview of that last week on 60 Minutes, right? And how about the fact, man, you ask him a question about Fidel Castro on CNN, dude just runs with it. You know, the average candidate, his, you know, his advisors are like, hey, doing that Jonah Hill gif, you know? Change topic. Danger, Will Robinson. Get out. Get out. Bernie's like, no, dude, let's park it here. I love this. The American people need this. We need this as a people. We have permitted full indoctrination. Full propaganda in the, in the schools. Full propaganda in the media. And now we have a generation that knew not Joseph, like Aaron's and the one behind it. They don't remember Soviet gulags. Never had Alexander Solzhenitsyn come speak at their university about what life was like in Siberia. Don't remember, don't know what a Lech Walesa and the Solidarity Movement was in Poland. The Pope they know is the virtue signaler that we have now, not John Paul II, Cold Warrior. They don't know this history. They didn't live it. It's been casually removed from the record. And I think we need to bring it back. I think we need one of my favorite analogies, the greatest episode of the Waltons ever where Jim Bob wants to pick up smoking and Grandpa Zebediah goes down to the market, buys every cigarette they have, takes Jim Bob up to the top of Walton's Mountain and makes him smoke every single one of them until he chokes on it. And when he's done puking, Jim Bob no longer, no longer desires to pick up smoking. 
See, we have we have we've allowed the American people to be sold a fashionable Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, Ingrid Bergman puffing away. They never have to look at the warning label. Look at what what's actually in those death sticks. They never have to look. Just the glamour of it. The sexiness of it. Then there's the timing of it. So we're going to get brutal honesty from Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is going to teach history Lord Nefarious style. In my book, A Nefarious Plot, Lord Nefarious taught all the history that his minions removed from the history books, albeit from the enemy's point of view. Bernie Sanders will do the same. We had a, we've had the most honest conversation about Fidel Castro than we've had in this country in about 25 years in the last two weeks. Thank you, Bernie Sanders, for that. So we're going to we're going to reteach history. We're going to get a chance to reteach history. Bernie Sanders does not package this in a way that makes it malleable, let alone inspirational. He's doing a bad Nikita Khrushchev impersonation everywhere he goes. And it's just a matter of how loud does he yell at you and do you get one clenched fist or two? He's a true Soviet man, a true Trotsky. So we get to reintroduce the history that has been taken away from generations like Aaron's. We get, we get to do so without a package, without, it, without the, the foil we're up against, packaged in a way that regardless of, regardless of what he believes in, people would be inclined to vote for that. No, they wouldn't. They would not on any level. They would not. There's nothing presidential about Bernie Sanders on any level at all. Nothing. Nothing inspirational. Nothing about him that makes you think I want my kids to grow up and look and sound like that guy. Nothing. 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 There's nothing. There's the romanticism gone. And now finally, so we're two for two. Here's the third. The timing. When Brett Favre came out of retirement, the Minnesota Vikings team he was on was loaded, loaded with pro bowlers. If Brett Favre had quarterbacked that Minnesota Vikings team five years younger, they would have won the Super Bowl. But he didn't. He quarterbacked them on his second comeback attempt, where he wasn't the player he was when he was 28. We're going to be forced into having this argument, my fellow conservative. My fellow conservative star, media leader, Think thought leader. Any of you that are watching or listening right now, just everyday conservative, wherever you're at here on the food chain, my fellow conservatives, we are going to have to have this conversation and debate. Would you prefer to have it four, eight, 12 years from now when it is packaged with a younger Brett Favre? a more spry, a more inspirational package than the one Bernie Sanders presents now. I wouldn't. Would you rather have Bernie Sanders represent this to the country? Or somebody who's 45, 
some form of attractive, inspirational minority story. Let's throw an example out. A dreamer whose parents come from a part of the world where liberation theology, neo-Marxism is fused with Christianity. So he knows, like Mayor Pete, he knows what verses to cite and what verses to quote. But he's got an inspirational story too. His parents brought him here. He made the most out of his opportunity in this country. He's a minority, represents the fastest growing minority population in America. He didn't take a honeymoon to the Soviet Union and barely remembers it ever existing. He just thinks it's time for America to redistribute the wealth. And his own personal story is a testimony to the grace and compassion of the American people. Now, would you, would you rather wait to debate him? Or would you prefer to get a head start with the likes of Bernie Sanders? Old, rich, millionaire, straight white guy. Nobody likes. No. No. In terms of this is the debate we need to have, We've been heading it toward, heading towards it my whole life. So the substance of it, and Bernie's going to give us permission to do this. He's going to strip all the fig leaves that they've used, all of the euphemisms and metaphors and sloganeering that they've used to club us over the head are all going out the window. This is going to be okay, Corral. Your worldview against mine. Everybody's masks come off. He's not an inspirational package. He's not transcendent as an individual in any way. He's the perfect foil. And then the timing. Why wait until they have a better proxy, a better champion? No, I, I think to my fellow conservatives, this is now the time to have this debate. And it's in our and the country's best interests if Bernie Sanders is the nominee for the Democratic Party for all the reasons I just laid out. We'll open up the phone lines and find out what you think here when we come back. And we're back with our number two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Aaron McIntyre. Todd Erzin has the day off. If you'd like to join us here, 888-900-3393, steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Day Show. And if you are listening to us today via the podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review because the more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. And it pleases those who get to determine whether we get to stay here or not, which therefore pleases us. Thank you to the thousands of you that have already left us those five-star reviews. If you have not done so, please consider taking time out of your busy schedule on whichever podcast platform you prefer, leaving one as well. And part one of our town hall here today is brought to you by Car Shield. Cars today are like computers on wheels, it seems, from electronically controlled transmissions to touchscreen displays. I mean, you call your mechanic maybe up and you're like, man... What's wrong with my car? What do they always tell you? Bring it in. We got to hook it up to the computer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's got dozens of sensors on it as well. All of this tech can be expensive to fix though when it breaks. All right. And that's why you want to have car shield. And on the, the car that uh, our daughter is driving, our oldest, 
You know, she's at that age now. She gets off on the weekend. She wants to go to the Mall of America or literally her and her friends are steak and shake fanatics. And there's only one in Iowa and it's over in Iowa City. They like to drive over there on their day off. All right, so she's putting a lot more wear and tear on the car than uh, mom and dad put on theirs. That's why we have Car Shield on there just to give us a little extra because she's putting a little extra on that vehicle. Car Shield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including the computers, the GPS, electronics, and more. And with Car Shield, you're behind the wheel of your plan. Car Shield has customizable monthly plans with rates as low as $99 a month. And that means you get to choose your favorite mechanic as well or dealership to do the work. And CarShield will take care of the rest. They even offer 24-7 roadside assistance and rental while yours is being fixed for free. So again, with rates as low as $99 a month, you've got nothing to lose. Get your car covered by CarShield today. Get peace of mind to know that if there's a major repair, they've got your back. Call 1-800-CAR-6000. That's 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code Steve or visit carshield.com, carshield.com, carshield.com and use the promo code Steve when you're there to save 10%, all right? Keep in mind though, a deductible may apply. So let's get to it. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 800-3393. 800 900 eight, let me try this again 888-900-3393 we need to stop you know what i'm noticing the more i talk about joe biden being legally incompetent the worse my own memory is getting i'm i'm like cursing myself okay 888-900-3393 is the number here is the question between biden and sanders because it appears one of those two is going to be the nominee which one of them do you want to be the alternative to Donald Trump in front of the country this fall and why? And why are we asking this now? Because events for the next tw- over the next 24 hours could go a long way in determining which one of these two individuals it ultimately is with Super Tuesday on tap. Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders? And for me, as I laid out in the last segment, I, I think it's far more sad for the country to nominate somebody who is clearly mentally incompetent. He's legally incompetent, Joe Biden is. And after what we've been through the last few years with the quote-unquote deep state, I mean, who's running the country if Joe Biden gets elected to the White House? Probably a lot of the people that brought you your Kavanaugh rape hoaxes and your Russian collusion hoaxes and your Ukrainian phone call hoaxes. The hoax state. That's who's probably really running. Thank you. Yeah. That's who's really running the show. If a guy who on most days can't tell you what office he's running for, where he's at, or what his own name is, or don't know the names of the people he's talking to, okay? If it, that, that, that's the hoax state is probably who's running the country if he gets elected. I, I think that's a far more precarious position, in my own opinion. But I, I'm not even looking at this from an electability standpoint. I think it's way past time to finally have the worldview conversation. We've been, we've been, we've been heading here for a long, long time. And I think it's finally time to have the conversation. And I think we're better off beginning the argument with somebody as uninspiring as Bernie Sanders than waiting for somebody who is the Marxist, openly Marxist socialist Barack Obama to show up. And then we have to go through the filter of their packaging that we don't have to with Bernie Sanders. And I'd also rather have this debate 
when there's still more voters alive and voting who remember what the Soviet Union was like and about than in four, eight to 12 years when that is no longer the case. All right? So, so those are my reasons. What are yours? 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Let, let's get a couple of quick Facebook thoughts because I put this on my Facebook wall earlier today. Mark Brown says he would rather Bernie be the nominee because he thinks the sooner we confront communism on the real stage, the better. If Biden wins, the malinformed millennials will continue to have their fears and frustrations stew for another four years. They'll be simmering and growing like a volcanic eruption waiting to occur. And he says, my only caveat is he's not sure about Trump being up to the task of confronting an open communist like Bernie. That's what Mark Brown thinks. Chris Cuomo, not that one, I'm guessing anyway, uh, says Biden is not the same debater he was. When he wiped the floor with alleged genius Paul Ryan back in the day and Bernie is a straight up communist who doesn't really appeal to old school Democrats. So it's a tough call. I kind of want to see Bernie get jobbed again to see his Bernie bros go buck wild. But I'm thinking Bernie is inevitable. So those are a couple of thoughts from my Facebook page. We'll get to some more here as we have our Monday town hall this hour on Blaze TV radio and podcast. But let's begin with the phones. Let's start in Georgia where Terry is standing by. Terry, we thank you for the call. Bernie or Biden, whom do you want to be the alternative to Donald Trump this fall and why? And you can you can pin that on them, and you can portray this. And uh, if these people, but all all the Democrats included, they're all Fabian socialists. Bernie's just out in the open about it. The others just hide it a little bit more. But what they want to do is, if they're willing to kill a newborn baby and let it die outside the womb, or kill it at nine months right before it comes out the birth canal, what do you think they're going to do to you and your family, the Republicans, conservatives, Christians, once they get enough power? And that's the question I think we have to ask. All right. Thank you, Terry, for the phone call. Appreciate that. So we're off to clearly a a, a not so subtle start, which is exactly how we like to roll on this show. This is not a show uh, for subtlety. 888-900-3393 is the number. Let's go to our old friend Susan in Rhode Island next. Susan, Bernie or Biden, whom would you like to be the alternative to Trump and why? All right. First of all, I agree with you on the whole premise for Bernie. That argument needs to be had. However, Biden's an easy loss, and it's an easy win for Trump. Trump will make mincemeat out of him. That's the short term. Long term, Bernie's probably the better candidate if you're worried about that argument of socialism versus capitalism and the free market and conservatism. I, however, and I've believed this for two years, the Democrats are always 10 steps ahead. They're always proactive. Republicans, the rest of us, the conservatives, were always reactive. I still believe their ace in the hole is Michelle Obama as VP, and that's how Bernie gets the nomination. All right, Bernie, you can have the nomination. But Michelle's your running mate, and she doesn't have to stay there the whole four years. I looked at the Constitution. She can get out in a year, say she has to be with her kids. They need her, and he gets to appoint, and then the House and the Senate confirm, just like a Supreme Court appointment, anyone he wants. But she is still loved by the American people. Her approval rating is still at 72%. 
because they don't know that she's the true ideologue in that marriage. That's why they pulled her off the campaign trail back in 2008, because she was telling the truth, and they pulled her off. And she never went out on the campaign trail on policy in 2012. I could definitely, I could, I, I, I could definitely see. Thanks for the call, Susan. I could see Michelle Obama being a running mate. I could see that. I, I absolutely could see that. I don't think there's any chance she would, out of a brokered convention, agree to be at the top of the ticket. She's making too much money, and and your 72 percent approval rating gets halved if she does it uh, because of the divisive nature of campaigns, and um, and and you don't leave a cushy life to get trolled by Donald Trump for six months. You don't do it. But as, as a running mate, where you get a, a huge boost of her presence and then she kind of gets to float in obscurity and I have to take Trump on head on. I could see that scenario. Yeah, I could see something like that. I appreciate Susan talking about how Democrats are always thinking 12 steps ahead. And I think that's a prime reason why conservatives uh, or what's left of America has a prime opportunity to actually do that the other way with, with Bernie Sanders for all the reasons that you that you mentioned earlier. It's just the choice will come down to um, from conservative media and the pl- platforms in play here for what's left of America. Are we going to own the libs or are we going to uh, win an argument with uh, with with an ideology? And that's that's the choice that we have. And uh, as you as you pointed out, you know, uh, the time is now for that argument. It's a much better time now than it will be in three or four election cycles. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. More from our Facebook page. Bo Griffith says, I feel it will be easier for conservatives to unify against a pure communist ideologue like Bernie. The optimist in me says it will make the issue as cut and dried as black and white as can be and hopefully scare us back to founding principles. I'm, I'm with you, Bo, 100%. And if, and if you look at almost every major, we've talked before, and I've laid out the history um, post, post in the, since the baby boom generation. Democrats have only been able to win the White House since Kennedy. Since Kennedy's election. He won it on, well, maybe some uh, Chicago shenanigans. But beyond that, he, he won it on a largely in, standalone inspirational positive message. Because the country was in good shape coming out of two terms of Ike. But since Kennedy, Democrats have only been able to win the presidency um, as a result of Republican calamity, starting with Watergate and the aftermath of that, that that's been how Democrats have risen to power in the White House. That, though, doesn't mean there's not an other half of the equation. Republicans have, have with the exception of George H.W. Bush winning essentially a third term for Ronald Reagan in 1988, Republicans have assumed the, the, the presidency as a result of Democratic overreach or Democratic fatigue. Reagan in 1980, because of what Jimmy Carter did in creating the Misery Index. George W. Bush in 2000, after all the Clinton scandals and everything else, there was a lot of fatigue about that. Donald Trump up against Hillary Clinton, uh, the you know one of America's chief corruptocrats. And if you look at the if you look at the midterm victories Republicans have had since 1994, they've all been in reaction to Democratic overreach. Starting with, you know, overreach with Hillary Care and the gun grab, the Brady Bill in 1993. 
and then Republicans won a sweeping victory of Congress in 94. The Tea Party was a reaction to the overreach of the Obama years. So, I mean, Bernie Sanders might as well change his name to overreach. And that's, that's his reflex, is to overreach. So, I, I think you're right on the money with that, Bo. Um, now, there's, and, and I mentioned Ben earlier, he would not be one of these people. There are some people that are really just proxies for the Republican Party and quote-unquote conservative media. They're scared to death of a Bernie Sanders candidacy because they don't want to have these conversations yep. and debates. They're, they're, they're not in this business for existential stakes. They, they, they don't want to have that. They, they just rather have, it's an easy commission, easy ads, just to troll Uncle Joe Passes Prime for four months and not have to do any intellectual heavy lifting at all. Because the other problem they have is if you go on the record opposing a lot of Bernie's big government uh, power grabs, well, when your corporatist uh, donor buddies want to do it when you're back into power, you end up with a situation like with Obamacare, right? Where you vote to over 50 times to repeal it and then you don't. That's the other reason that a, a lot of the Republican Party doesn't want to have this debate. Because they're not, they're not, they don't see Bernie Sanders as an existential threat, but as an overreach of a lot of the same policies they would pursue if given the opportunity. Let's go back to the phones. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. We'll go back and forth between what my Facebook wall thinks and what the callers think here on our Monday Town Hall. Let's go to John in New Jersey. John Biden or, uh, or Bernie and why for this fall? Uh, Bernie, and here's why. Um, Biden, I think, would be easy for the short term for people to troll and for there to be a short term win. But long term, uh, the the stuff that I learned in high school about 120 million people in in communistic countries that were killed, the fact that they overtake everything, whether it's the trains or production, and they just nationalize everything. We need to have this existential, this existential debate, and I think it's coming, and here's why. Because on your show, you're talking about revival or bust, and one of the things that I love about it is that you have said for years that, and I've said it in private conversations as well, since Trump came down the escalator and the Supreme Court made sodomy marriage legal uh, uh, by judicial fiat, we have seen the Lord display rapidly the false idols that have been laid bare in this culture. We've seen grifters that have come out of the woodwork on both sides. We've seen false teachers and pastors and heretics rise up and say, well, we don't have to really follow the scriptures. We can do whatever we want. And I think that Bernie is going to be the nominee for that precise reason. Because he represents the spirit of the age that you're describing. Yeah. 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 I agree with you, John. I agree. That's why I made the... Yeah, I agree with you. Thanks for the phone call, John. That, that's why I made the call. The prediction I made a couple months ago, Aaron, is what John's alluding to. Yep. Is, is I got rid of... I took Todd's advice. I stopped hammering all the, da all the data that I know. And just, I had to take a step back and remember one of my primary axioms in politics is environment trumps all. You cannot overcome an environment, right? Yep. Now, now, you, now you, can, you can tailor your 
yourself to take advantage of an environment. Like we can't stop it from being winter in Iowa, right? We can, we can buy snowmobiles and, you know, four wheel drives and cool coats. I mean, we can, we can turn the winter to our advantage, but we cannot stop the environment from occurring. And you cannot stop an environment from occurring in politics. There is no data, no data, no plan, no strategy that stops an environment. And if you look at the environment that John in New Jersey was just articulating, that ultimately, the, what would be the culmination of that environment? America nominating its own Jeremy Corbyn. And that's why I went with that prediction, just because of all the things John just described. It's going to be a reprise of "Can't Always Get What You Want," um, the the <laughs> the theme song to President Trump's. If you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need, and that's what yeah. Amer- America is going to get what it needs. That doesn't mean it's going to be a good thing. It's going to get what it needs, one way or the other. But we were we were never not going to end up here. Um, I, I like to quote the line. I like to quote the line from uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire when Voldemort comes back. Um, talking to Lucius Malfoy, saying, there were signs, my slippery friend, and more than whispers. This was where we were always going to end up, one way or the other. It just was a matter of when. We're going to end up, whether or not it's Bernie Sanders, and it's probably going to be Bernie Sanders as the nominee, we're going to end up here someday where we're, we're, we're the environment of, of the United States is such where it is a serious, a serious, and it is as serious, it, it's serious now. It's just going to get uh, more so as the years go on, uh, where, where the, the founding of this country, America, as we know it, is just gone. We've been hearing, we, we've heard over and over over again, the most important election of our lifetimes, the most important election of our lifetimes, the most important election of our lifetimes. Meanwhile, each election brought us even more of what Bernie Sanders is just calling it out in the open now, socialism, communism, whatever you want to call it. We were never not going to end up here. It's just when we are finally, finally given the unvarnished, the unvarnished choice between socialism slash communism and not that, um, that's that's what this is. That's what this is going to be all about. No mm-hmm. more lies. No more fig leaves. We were always going to end up here, and and that's let's get busy living or get busy dying, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it's the wedding night. What are we waiting around here for? Let's yep. consummate this thing, isn't that? We've been waiting. We've been planning and plotting this moment out all these months, right? Right. Well, let's get busy. Let's go. Let's get back to the phones. Let's go to Tennessee next where Brendan is standing by. Brendan, Bernie or Biden for the alternative to Trump this fall and why? What say you? Uh, Bernie, um, and with the caveat that I'd like to see it go to the convention just so Bernie's Red Army can actually show up and the mask comes off of who Bernie is, but also who his supporters are and what they want and what they're willing to do to get it. I think that helps you mean let the country see a mobocracy is what you're talking about, right, Brendan? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, on camera. Exactly. Let, yeah. let the pitchforks and torches come out in Milwaukee. Like, put that on display. The media is going to be forced to cover it, um, and I think it helps the moral argument against his worldview. Not I agree. Just the economic one. I agree. Republicans always make, but they have to see this on their own soil here in America to see what it really is. I, I mean, I wholeheartedly, amen. You get a word from me, word, as the as we used to say when I was younger. Thank you for the call, Brendan. And and the angle that you put on it, the addendum there. Hey, I I hope I want to see the pitchforks. Let's. They have to cover this. 
Because the media doesn't want to cover when, if you're a Trump supporter and you get beat up. Like poor Andy No has to go to CPAC last weekend to get coverage for getting beat up by Antifa a million times. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's a, here's a gay Asian. A, he hits two, two primary spots on the intersectionality chart. He's gay and he's Asian. All right. So he's a gay Asian uh, uh, journalist. Getting beat up by Antifa is are white kids, white people beating up this gay Asian dude. And, and dude, he, I will get booked again on MSNBC before Andy No does. I can promise you this. He's got to go to CPAC to get coverage last weekend. Cause they don't want to cover those stories. They, they know this, the American people, the, there's two things the American people cannot stand, cannot stand. They hate corporatist shilling. They hate it, man. Just hate it. You know that? And they hate mobocracies. They don't like those either. Can't stand those either. Hell, the mobocracies, half the reason Scott Walker kept getting, surviving and getting reelected in Wisconsin with them as a foil. Most people can't stand that stuff. The only people who like corporatist shills are the ones that are the corporatist shills and the ones that, you know, are related to them. And the only people like the mobocracies are in the mobocracy. No one else likes them. And so that's why a guy like Andy No cannot get covered in any other context. Straight white males beating up a gay Asian. Would any in any other context that you can think of other than these straight white males are antifa kids. In any other context, Aaron, would that not be the lead story on every new mainstream media newscast in America right after it was known? For like the next 72 hours. You'd never get, yeah. you wouldn't get away from it. But because this happens to be Antifa, I mean, what's an Andy No? I, we, we couldn't tell you what that is. We don't know. We don't know any Andys here. Yeah, nothing for you. You're right on the money, Brendan. They don't want to cover this stuff because they know it creates a backlash. They know. We need to force the American people to see these things. I mean, I, I go back to those campus reform videos we show all the time where they go on your college campuses yep. and they read some quote and say Trump said it. Actually, Barack Obama said this in 2011 and the kids are like stunned. They can't believe it. At some point, we're going to have this debate. I'd rather have it now when when the demographics are not completely and totally against us because they soon will be. They soon will be. But a lot of the American people have not been forced to confront this. They have been given a peaceful, easy feeling, Glenn Fry. They've been sold a bill of goods. That there's no collateral damage, no cost to pay for importing this into our bloodstream as a culture. That's a lie. Let's expose it. More from our Facebook page, then we'll get to some more phone calls. Bob Sarr says, I want Bernie, the radical left who has been emboldened by him and think they're about to usher in a new world order, need a severe beatdown in a national election. And it's the only way to squash this recent uprising. Bernie could be our Brexit kind of refer- referendum. I love that analogy too. 
Yeah, I love and that, that analogy. And I think that's the main reason why you see so many, well, you're starting to see this a little bit, I should say, from, from Democratic circles of them starting to uh, starting to freak out a little bit over the Bernie, because they, there's, there's no way, uh, there's no way you can get away from this if you're the Democrats. There's no way to spin this at all. Because for four years, you've been telling everyone who will listen to you that Trump is an illegitimate president, not my president. Trump is this, Trump is that. Trump is literally the devil. All, all of this, all, you've been telling people this for four years. And much like Brexit, trying to delay, trying to stall, trying to foil, trying to do, trying to subvert the will of the people. You've been trying this for four years. And much like Brexit, what was what was the Labor Party's solution? We're going to nominate Bernie, uh, uh, Jeremy Corbyn mm-hmm. and go even further left. Mm-hmm. And you suffered an even worse defeat. That's exactly what this would be for the Democrats. All right. So beyond, I mean, beyond uh, the, the worldview conversation and opportunity here to win an argument, at least for the short term, at least for the short term with Bernie Sanders ideology, just the margin of victory. If you can if you can successfully navigate this, that that could be at stake here will speak will speak volumes in and of itself. Troy Conran says, unfortunately, I think we need Bernie. Our country needs to have the hard talk about socialism that parents didn't have with their children and a Bernie versus Trump showdown will hopefully be a nice big public history lesson. Bernie will demand it. Bernie will demand it. This is his worldview. This is his historical template. This is how he sees the world. He's going to demand this. On a personal level, he's a hypocrite. We know this. With the millions that he has, his wife is a well-coiffed uh, physician, surgeon, I believe. The lake house, we, we know all this stuff. But we also know that's always what Marxism does too. Eventually, Napoleon and his pigs move into the farmer's home. Because four legs good, two legs bad becomes four legs are good, but two legs are even better. This is the history of it. So that's why he, that's why he doesn't recognize his own hypocrisy. His own worldview comes with it. But you don't sit there and try to defend Fidel Castro's illiteracy record years after he's been dead when you're in the middle of a presidential campaign and you have every you're 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 leading it and you have every incentive to get off an unpopular topic. And yet you insist we stay on it. You don't do that because you don't really believe this stuff. You're not you don't. That's not how pandering works. Pandering is let me get on a topic that I think will work for me. Similar, Elizabeth Warren's not pandering on, on, on tranny madness, man. She's in on it. She's all in. I mean, she was willing to talk about this stuff to the detriment of her own candidacy when people wanted to hear about literally anything else and her staff was, was complaining anonymously to Politico. We can't get her to stop talking about it. It's her crusade. And this is Bernie's. Absolutely. He's going to give us what we want. More of your calls and social media thoughts. Bernie or Biden, whom do you want to be the alternative to Trump in the fall and why? When we come back here on The Blaze, stay tuned. So losing your hair sucks, right? But you know what doesn't? Keeping your hair. 
from the comforts of your own couch. If you're losing your hair, you've got to know about Keeps because they offer the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products that are out there. That's the real deal, and yet the generic versions are going to save you a bundle as well. So it's simple. Just answer a few online questions, then snap a few pics of your hair, and a doctor will review everything and recommend the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment for you, and then it is shipped discreetly to your door. So you're probably wondering, will it work? Well, not only does it work so often, but about two-thirds of the men who use Keeps actually end up experiencing hair regrowth as well. All right, so do something about it. Here's the deal. You can get to do something about it. Go to keeps.com slash grow. That's keeps.com slash grow to get your first order of Keeps hair loss treatment for half off. That's right, half off. Your first hair loss treatment at keeps.com slash grow. Half off. Go there right now. Keeps.com slash grow. Some breaking news. Amy Klobuchar suspending her presidential campaign ahead of her state's primary tomorrow. Translation, she thought she was going to lose it to Bernie Sanders. That, that's what I think. She was going to get Rubio there. But I think that's, a, that's another indicator that they're desperate. Remember I told you after New Hampshire that what was going to happen is, is that this was going to be he, Bernie Sanders' get shorty between now and Super Tuesday. They had to see what they could do to stop him from getting an, a, a, an insurmountable lead coming out of Super Tuesday. And the polling for him today has all been good. I, I don't care about Politico, which has been a pro-Biden website's national poll. That If I'm Bernie Sanders, I don't care if Joe Biden's winning the Politico poll by 20 points. If I win North Carolina, that's far more important, is what the polling in North Carolina says. So uh, the race and the, the, the race to try to stop him from giving us breathtaking honesty by the Democratic Party, they know. They know what they've gotten away with for a generation. They've gotten away with lying to the American people for a generation. They know that. They, they, we gave them total control of the education system to brainwash our kids. And then they took total control of the media to um, in, you know, lie and propagandize the adults. They know this. And they know Bernie Sanders is going to bring all those chickens home to roost. They know that. That's why they're all in for now to stop them. The problem they have is you got a head start. And they're, the future of their party, millennials and Hispanics, are overwhelmingly in his corner. One of, of a good friend of mine in the political arena, I won't use his name. That's a name some of you would know. Uh, sent me a note this morning. Wouldn't it be ironic if the Democratic Party was undone by the very open borders they have sought? Because Hispanics are one of the overwhelmingly most supportive demographics of Bernie Sanders. So, indeed. Poetic justice. There would in, Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. And we always reap what we sow. 888-900-3393 is the number. Let's go back to the phones. Let's start with Sally in Wisconsin, where the Democratic, the state where the Democratic convention will be later this summer. Sally, Bernie or Biden, whom would you like to see as the alternative to Donald Trump this fall and why? Thanks for the call. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him go against uh, Joe Biden. Okay, tell us why. Oh, because uh, because the, I think uh, Bernie Sanders has the youth vote um, in all the college campuses, and, and if uh, if if uh, Biden does or if Sanders doesn't win, I think the the youth the college students are going to be upset, and they won't come out as much as they would for 
for Biden as they would for Sanders because they'll think it was stolen from him again. Because uh, my, my, I have two kids at UNI, and all their friends are, are not my kids, but all their friends are all for Sanders and all about the environment. And I mean, and they're uh, actively for him. And whereas I don't think I think uh, they wouldn't be as enthusiastic to go out and vote for Biden. And I think those are just huge concentrations of votes all throughout the country on the college campuses. Well, history says your analysis is correct. I mean, we saw a precipitous drop of the millennial college-aged vote, whatever we were calling it in 2016. We saw a precipitous drop uh, for Hillary Clinton compared to what, let's say, Barack Obama got in 2008. So history does indicate that there is there is uh, definitely logic behind your analysis. Thanks for the phone call, Sally. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to us. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Aaron, I want to go as a follow-up because sure. this is your generation, okay? Yep. If if Bernie is denied the nomination again, is there enough hatred for Trump in your generation? Because we saw we saw a good portion of that millennial vote not show up for Hillary Clinton, didn't vote for Donald Trump, just didn't show up, right? Mm -hmm. If he's denied this again, could we see that repeat itself in uh, here in November? Is there enough hatred for Trump that a Joe Biden would reap would still be able to to get a better performance out of that block than Hillary Clinton did? I I I think I, I think the hatred for Trump is not really the operative thing. I don't think there's enough hatred to actually translate into an affirmative vote for somebody else. I think the hatred for Donald Trump is the same type of uh, love or virtue signal for Pete Buttigieg. I mean, I, I you know, the, the ones there are the hardcore activists uh, and th those are all going to be voting for Bernie Sanders anyway. And probably whoever there are the hardcore activists and the hardcore leftists uh, who, who just cannot stand Trump and will vote for whoever whoever the Democrats put up. But by and large, I still think that there's not, there, there may be a lot of apathy and a lot of, oh, I'm not going to vote for anybody. I think there's a lot more of that just be based on the same type of impulses that drive people to vote for somebody like Pete Buttigieg for, from all across the spectrum. But I don't think there's enough, uh, I don't think there's enough hatred for Donald Trump to necessarily affirmatively move the net needle for uh, another candidate. So you think who the alternative to Bernie is has a, is has more to say in this equation than just Trump. Exactly. That if it's just a, yep. if it's just another old white guy like Joe Biden, then he might as well just name him Hillary Clinton. Yep. But if it was somebody like a Pete Buttigieg that represented another mm -hmm. intersectionality, um, you know, conquistador, they could get over it a little bit quicker. Is that what I hear you saying? Exactly. Okay. Let's go to Matthew in Oklahoma next, where they're on tap for Super Tuesday tomorrow. Matthew, welcome uh, to the Blaze. Bernie or Biden? Whom would you like to see be the alternative to Trump and why? Bernie. Um, everybody said about, you know, exposing the, the, the debate already about communism and, and freedom. And I think that's prominent and it should be uh, done. But here's another reason. One is I didn't vote for Trump back in 2016. Neither did my son and my wife. Um, my wife and I are going to vote for Trump this time because we just see the oligarchs like you do coming over the wall. However, my son is totally done. He's not wanting to um, do anything at all because he's sick of politics. He's disappointed what happened in 2016. Um, and I think it would be a 
strong way to get him to vote for Trump if Bernie Sanders was the nominee and you're dealing with a communism. It would be a strong argument to him and to people like him. We've got to have this vote for Trump. And I think that would bring some of those in that were not willing to vote for anybody. Um, that's my opinion. And I think it would help him out in that. I, I definitely think a lot of people's math is going to change. I mean, that's just the way math works. It's a formula. And, and the other difference, too, is you have a record with Donald Trump that you didn't have four years ago. Okay. And so, yeah, you're always make as human beings, we're, we tend to judge things in comparison to what the alternative is, whether we should or not. We're just subjective by our fallen nature. So um, you have a record with Donald Trump and you can decide as a voter whether or not that standalone is, has earned your vote or not. But then when you recognize that the logical alternative is an open Marxist, that absolutely is going to change the way some of the, some more people do math. I don't think there's any question about that. And and you see what, what Matthew is talking about. Thanks for the call, Matthew. You see what you're talking about and what's left of the old never Trump. All right. What's left of the old never Trump for 2016 are really all the old liberal Republicans, the Bill Crystals, Rick Wilson's, Jennifer Rubin types. And they're 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 in a full born panic right now. That Bernie will be the nominee because. They are far to the left of us, but they're not communist either. And. It puts us. It puts a Stephen Schmidt in a very <laughs> precarious position, like our favorite uh, clip from last week, where he gets called out on MSNBC, where he's been grifting at their expense mm -hmm. for you know the entire Trump presidency, and now he's like, I'm not voting for a communist. And they turn suddenly these panels that couldn't get enough of him when he was dunking on Trump, they now turn on him and say, Well, you just must not love the country as much as we do if you're not willing to vote for a communist like Bernie Sanders. Donald Trump must not be the threat you warned us about all these years if you're not willing to vote for Bernie Sanders as the yep. alternative, right? Yep. Let's go to South Carolina, who just had their primary. Uh, that's where we're going next. Jeff is there. Jeff, Bernie or Biden is the alternative to Trump and why? Go ahead, sir. Uh, I would actually like to see Bernie get the nomination to echo many of the listeners that we need to confront the socialism issue. But additionally, I don't want Biden to get the nomination because my fear is he'll pick somebody like Hillary as his vice president. And as we know, in politics, anything can happen. And the last thing I want is Hillary to be one heartbeat away from the presidency. Hmm. You think Biden would pick Hillary Clinton? I will say this. This is a guy who doesn't know what state or what job he's running for on a given day. I, yep. Well, I will say this. I'm, you know what? I'm just grabbing hashtags now to get out in front of the viral. So now you have me. I've got to grab. Biden, Biden didn't, didn't kill, kill himself. himself. i got to yeah. grab that one. That's what you're telling me. i got to grab that one next. Jeff, uh, thank you for the phone call. Um, you know what, though? It does. He, he is reinforcing a point I made earlier this hour. I think Joe Biden is legally incompetent, and I've been saying it for months on this show. And I think there's ample public evidence that in, in another setting, like if if he was, you know, vying f against you for head of a publicly traded company, for example, I think you could go into a court with the evidence that's been publicly presented and have at least get a hearing on his legal competency. Well, if we're if I'm right about that, you know, he's not running the country. So who's calling the shots? Probably. Uh, the hoax state, they're probably calling the shots if, if Joe Biden's in charge. You know, the people have been trying to run a coup on you for the last few years. 
So I think Jeff is kind of addressing that with the running mate question. Let's go to Idaho next. I was there last summer. Abs in Moscow, Idaho. Beautiful country. Some of the greatest driving I have ever done is up there, man. It's just awesome. Uh, That's where Keith is at. Keith, Biden or Bernie for the alternative to Trump in the fall? Which one and why? Did we lose Keith? Are you there, Keith? Uh, Go ahead, Keith. Boy, I, I, I'm here more. I, I'd say neither. They're both bad. They're both bad, yes. But do you think, um, do you think one pre- presents, if you're a conservative, one presents a more strategic opportunity than the other? Uh, I think it would be better for the conservatives if, if uh, Sanders got the nomination because... There's too many people that just won't vote for him. Okay. And that is that, that. Thank you for the call, Keith. That's in line with why. Why won't they vote for him? Because he's an honest Marxist. That's why. Well, the Democratic Party has been dishonestly Marxist most of my life. And I, I think we could use a good dose. Dose. We could use a good dose of some political sodium pentothal around here, some truth serum. I don't know about you, Aaron, but I think we could use a little more honesty around here. Yeah. I mean, this is, say what you want about Trump's ability or perhaps lack thereof to actually drive home what needs to be driven home as it pertains to Bernie Sanders' worldview, but the opportunity is going to be there, a great opportunity for all the reasons that have been uh, you know, shared so far on this show. Uh, the, the opportunity is there, to at least beat back socialism uh, for for at least a few more election cycles, hopefully. Um, you never know. You never know uh, how the world could change or how the environment could change. But there's the opportunity there to not just win an election, but to actually win an argument, as I keep coming back to. Let's get one more in quickly, because Massachusetts is on the on deck for Super Tuesday tomorrow. All right. And it's close there between Warren and Sanders. Mark, you get the last word here. Go ahead, Mark. Get the last call. Is there to at least be back? Uh, yeah, we can't hear Mark. I think he's on a speakerphone, it sounds like. All right. But it's, it, from what I could hear in the distance for people that couldn't hear, uh, it sounded like he was an advocate uh, for Sanders. Mm-hmm. Meaning let's just, let's get the, the socialism out there and yep. out front. Yep. All right. So, speaking of Elizabeth Warren, all eyes turn to her now. Is she going to drop out as well uh, in order to clear the deck for Joe Biden? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. Elizabeth Warren, the one who's been running for the position of Tonto to Bernie Sanders' Lone Ranger, her in favor of her dropping out in favor of Joe Biden. Is that what I'm hearing correctly? I'll, I'll say this: if that. There, in in a, in a way, a lot of politics is an expectations game, okay. And with all and with all these people dropping out now, to go after to try to stop Bernie Sanders, Sanders's expectations are a little bit lower now. I mean, he doesn't have to come out of tomorrow night with like some dominant win. Yeah. If he if he comes out of tonight or tomorrow night with a with a good night, and not to mention, man, they have blown the proverbial wad here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're they're all doing this now. If 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 imagine if he still has a great night tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. What's what's Plan B Wednesday morning then? 
They've all they've all pretty much already dropped out. There's not too much crossover between Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden anyway. There's more crossover between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Yep. Okay. So the candidates who were even remotely viable, except for Bloomberg, who's running his own operation because he's independently wealthy, doesn't care about the Democratic Party. So everybody else has dropped out. And if if, if they still can't stop Sanders tomorrow, I I, I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yep. if, you, if you throw your Hail Mary pass with five minutes to go in the game and you're out of timeouts rather than the last play of the game and the other team intercepts it and just run, takes a knee and runs out the clock, you're, you're, there's, that's it. Yeah. You, you don't get another possession in the game. So this, this better work for them tomorrow night. Right. Yeah. And, and they're, they're trying, I mean, they are trying their darndest. I think, I, I think they probably see it like this. If they come out, regardless of whether they come out tomorrow night with the polling that Bernie Sanders has, uh, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna come out uh, come out on top, right? Basically, basically everywhere with a few exceptions. So it's either we do this now or it's over already. So I think they're actually in a much more dire situation than than even well. You could wait till after. You, you know, I think they they are in full blown desperation, like. Uh, we got, we are in do or die. They feel like this is five seconds left and not five minutes left. And I think that's why they're, why they're doing this now. Yeah, I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree that they're just, we're just, we're flinging stuff now. We're just trying stuff. All right. So we're going to stick around here after the show and tape the overtime. And we're going to be for our Blaze TV subscribers. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, go to blazetv.com slash dace and subscribe. Because if you go there, blazetv.com slash dace, you'll get all the exclusive content produced by Blaze TV every day at a reduced discounted subscription. Okay. If you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, that's the same site to go to to get the overtime today. We're going to be joined by our old friend, Jordan Schachtel, who for years has been kind of a one of our go-to sources on foreign policy and national security matters. And we're going to discuss the deal to pull out of Afghanistan. And I'm going to ask Jordan, am I a terrible person that I, I don't care what the terms are? My, here are my terms. Get out. Those are my, I, I don't care what they are. Those have been my terms for quite a long time now. Just get out. Like I, I didn't, I wouldn't care if Trump went art model, dude. And like Mayflower trucks were, were just emptying out the barracks and, and, uh, and, and cobble in the middle of the night Yep. and then just driving away. Okay. Yep. Like Art Modell moved the, uh, the Baltimore Colts back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't, or the, I, I wouldn't have a problem or Cleveland Browns. It was, I'm sorry. They moved the old, um, Cleveland Browns back in the day to the Baltimore Ravens. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that, man. I'm, I'd be totally fine with it. Does that make me a terrible person? We will discuss that and more about uh, this deal with Jordan Schachtel in the overtime today. Really good conversation today. Thanks for all. Thanks to all of you who took part, listened, participated, etc. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to two Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.